At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Getting you ready for the day in sports betting. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSEN, the sports betting network. Hi, everybody. Good morning. Happy New Year and welcome in to Point Spread Saturday on VSIN for one of the biggest betting days of the year and a huge betting weekend. I'm Mark Zeno. Thank you so much for joining me. Five bowl games on the slate today to put a bow on bowl season as well. A huge weekend in the NFL, even some college hoops to get into. And we have a huge show planned for you. We will talk with Pete Futek of College Football News to help us round out the college football bowl season and Jimmy Patsos of NBC Washington Wizards analyst Washington Wizards analyst will join us to go over some college hoops because the number one team in the nation is in action today as well we have a full NFL slate to get to so so much to do but let's start last night with the college football playoff semifinals as Alabama disposed of Cincinnati and Georgia easily took care of Michigan but we start with Alabama and Cincinnati Real belief is Alabama came in as a 13 and a half or even in some shops, 14 point favorite in the game and never really was the game in doubt. Alabama took control early and it was a game plan that I had actually forecasted earlier in the week when I was on betting across America with Josh Applebaum and Mike Pritchard. And they asked me about Cincinnati's corners and how would Alabama deal with those? How would Bryce Young deal with those corners who were projected to be first round picks? And I said, do they really have to? Because if Nick Saban does what he's supposed to do and puts together a running game plan against a smaller, tinier defensive line that they wouldn't even have to worry about throwing the ball that much. And they didn't. Bryce Young only throws 28 passes uh, for 181 yards, even though he had three passing touchdowns. It was Brian Robinson Jr., 26 carries for 204 yards. And Bama just pushed around a smaller Cincinnati team up front for basically all four quarters of this game and never really allowed them to get going. Cincinnati quarterback Desmond Ritter was ineffective at best, just 32, 17 of 32 for 144 yards. And Cincinnati could never get anything going offensively. Even when Bama did make a mistake and turn the ball over, Cincinnati couldn't take advantage. And there's some discussion today, guys, about how much Cincinnati may have deserved to be put in the playoff as a non-Power 5 school. I think that's a fruit, uh, fruitless exercise. It's it's futile. Uh, they, they got the resume to get in. They were there. They deserve to be there. We've seen blowouts in the semifinals almost routinely every year in the college football playoff. And again, that doesn't devalidate whether a team belonged to be there because Michigan, a team everybody believed that would have be, belonged in there, uh, was, was easily blown out as well uh, by Georgia. So when you look at the game yesterday between Alabama and Cincinnati, it was just Alabama doing what Alabama does well. And 
what, again, stands out to me is the game plan that Nick Saban devised. And you go back to the last two games that Nick Saban had to coach in the SEC championship game and in the semifinals here in the Cotton Bowl yesterday. It was all about game plan, why they were successful. And they'll, it'll have to be a equally as good game plan coming up in the national championship game against Georgia, who looked like a totally different team than they did in the college football playoff uh, or, or than they did rather in the SEC championship game as Michigan never stood a chance. Uh, Stetson Bennett, so much consternation about whether he would be the quarterback of the Georgia Bulldogs in this game because he struggled so much against Alabama. Throws for a career-high 310 yards, three touchdowns. Uh, James Cook, the running back, four receptions, 109 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, in a game, again, where Georgia just controlled the flow from the outset and was easily able to take care of Michigan. And you put a lot of credit back on Georgia's defense for looking like the Georgia defense that we had seen for the first 12 games of the year that literally just choked opponents from the get-go. And they didn't allow Michigan to do the one thing that Michigan did well, and that's run the football. They put a lot of pressure on Cade McNamara. Uh, they put a lot of pressure on both quarterbacks who came in the game for Michigan. And the Georgia defense looked a lot like a Georgia defense that we expected to see uh, in the SEC championship game. And so Georgia disposes of Michigan. And I will put a nod out there to uh, the total in the game which settled in at 45 and a half and ended on 45 and a lot of mistakes. And, and as an overbetter, uh, a very frustrating loss last night. And it's just the way it goes sometimes. Not only do you have Georgia futzing around at the end of the first half in the final 90 seconds when they easily could have moved into field goal range and gotten a field goal or at least a field goal attempt, Georgia misses another field goal. Uh, Michigan in the opening drive of the third quarter drives the ball all the way down into the red zone. Uh, Cade McNamara throws a, a jump ball in the corner of the end zone. Wide receiver quits on the route, ends up being an interception. So many mistakes. Uh, I, I would tell you, if you were an underbetter, you were more lucky than you were good on the handicap. Uh, the over should have hit last night. It did not uh, welcome to betting. Elias, that's what kind of happens sometimes. So the total last night, very much in doubt. And some people thought maybe Georgia would kick a field goal in under the final minute. They did not. Uh, so there were a lot of sweats on the total on both sides last night as the game wound down. Uh, no no sweats on the total for uh, the Cotton Bowl between Alabama and Cincinnati. That thing stayed way under the total, uh, which I, I don't know how many people predicted, but you knew Alabama was going to do their part. It was a question of whether Cincinnati could do their part to aid to that total. But nonetheless, we set up the rematch between Alabama and Georgia. And in the game, in mid-game last night, around second quarter, halftime, maybe a little bit towards the third quarter, in the third quarter, some shops already opened up and installed Alabama uh, as a two-and-a-half-point underdog, uh, Georgia being the favorite once again. And I was telling the producers, you know, before the game started, I had a friend text me last night and asked me what, I, what, what he thought the line would be, what I thought the line would be in the national championship game and proposed to me Alabama minus seven-and-a-half. And I just scoffed and said, no way. Uh, you, you can't put recency bias into this whole thing and forget how much better Georgia was going into the SEC championship game than Alabama, that they were installed as a touchdown favorite. The line is not going to swing double digits all the way back to Alabama being a, a two or three point favorite in the game. And so Georgia being the favorite clearly is what we would expect, given what we saw from these two teams in the totality of 13 games. You know, and, and again, I use the example to to other people that the Buffalo Bills in the NFL lost to the Jacksonville Jaguars. If they were to play two weeks later, you're not making Jacksonville a favorite. Now, I get that those teams didn't have similar uh, seasons going a long way, but it's, there's just not that much of a swing in a two-game span that you're going to move the line that much. And so Georgia will be installed as a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Let's see where the early money goes. 
Um, it wouldn't surprise me to see this thing get to three. Uh, and as soon as it does, I think a lot of sharp betters would jump back on Alabama. However, it is really appetizing to see Bama getting points again. And I think a lot of betters will look at this and say, you gave Bama a touchdown last time. If you're giving me three or more again, how can I really bet against them? It's hard to. Uh, but if Georgia puts together a game plan like they did last night and is able to execute the way they did last night, well, you know, that's the better team. Uh, I don't think there's any debate about how good Georgia really is just because of the one slip up in the SEC championship game. And usually when you end up seeing an opponent in a two-week span, uh, much like we saw in the Pac-12 when Oregon played Utah in the second to last week of the regular season and then played them again in the conference championship game, the odds usually favor or the, or, or the public usually favors the team that lost the first time around getting revenge. Uh, I don't know that that's baked into the line per se, but still, this is a situation here where Georgia um, will get a lot of attention from betters, average betters and sharp betters alike, uh, because they are a very, very talented team. And clearly, um, what happened in the SEC championship game was the aberration, not the norm for these teams. And so let's see what Georgia can come up with here uh, as we get set for the national championship game coming up here. Uh, in a little more than a week between Georgia and Alabama. And it's, it's a game that many predicted and oddsmakers predicted as far back as, you know, week eight or nine of the regular season. Uh, and shortly after Alabama had lost to Texas A&M and, and Georgia took over the number one spot, it was Georgia and Bama racing to the finish line. And sort of this is the, the outcome that we all predicted or at least thought was the, the most likely possibility between these two teams. And it should be a very good highly competitive national championship game. So uh, as you can see right there uh, on the screen, you get Alabama at plus 130 on the money line, total set at 52, which seems a little bit high at this point in time, given um, these two defenses and what they just did to their opponents. But um, also given what we saw in the SEC championship game, we know that both these teams can score. We know that both these teams' offenses are very capable, despite the fact that they both play uh, against very good defenses. And Georgia really probably had a better competitive test defensively against Michigan than Alabama did against Cincinnati. Uh, and, and Alabama, you know, a lot of people were contending whether they had sort of held some cards close to the vest from a play calling standpoint, didn't want to put too much on tape to show uh, what they were going to do. Uh, that's always, you know, I think fodder for people to put out there. At the end of the day, this is a situation where you do everything possible in front of you. I think that's what Alabama did last night. I don't think they were worried about what Georgia uh, was going to see on tape. They already played each other again in the, in the previous game that they just played. So, uh, And I don't think Alabama was holding anything back in the SEC championship game because if they don't win it, they're not in the college football playoff. So uh, there was nothing that Alabama had to hide. If there's anything that they haven't seen on tape, the Georgia Bulldogs haven't seen on tape, it's because, well, Alabama hasn't installed it yet, and they'll see it in the national title game. But I do look at... Uh, the total in this in this game is something interesting. I think this thing will get bet down pretty quickly um, under 50, or at least under 51, a key number. Um, when you talk about a 27-24 final. Remember, Alabama and Georgia, uh, when it's been Nick Saban versus Kirby Smart, these games were close. They went to overtime in a national title game. They went to a, a field goal in the SEC championship game. So it's expected, it should be expected again, to be much closer to a field goal than what we saw in the in the last SEC championship game. So from that standpoint, you know, I I think that uh, people expect a tighter game, um, not necessarily a shootout type game. Um, but you know, my initial reaction would be if I see that 52 and I am getting 
26, 25, 25 and a half, 26 in the first half, anything over 24, I look at a first half under and jump on it early because typically these two teams will play tight in the first half, much like they did in the SEC championship game. And you'll see the second half is where they do all the scoring. So that's an early sort of handicap. But when I look at the game, what just jumps out at me on that line. So uh, again, going to be a very, very good national championship game for, for betters and fans alike to watch. All right, coming up next, we will turn our attention from the guys on Saturday, the men on Sunday, and the NFL schedule in 17. That is coming up next. I'm Mark Zeno. You are watching Point Spread Saturday on Visa, the sports betting network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is Point Spread Saturday on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. This week's episode of the Ron Flatter Racing Pod features a talk about Sprint Star Flatline with owner. Costa Hironis and trainer John Sadler. Legacy Equine Academy's Ron Mack talks about expanding diversity in racing. Vicent's Vinny Mayulio of Goggin Gaming handicaps the weekend's races, including Kentucky Derby preps. Subscribe now at iHeart, Apple, Google, Spotify, or Stitcher, or download at vicent.com slash podcast. The Ron Flatter Racing Pod is sponsored by First Bet. Welcome back in to Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zinno. Appreciate you joining me so much. We'll get to a quick little nod to college hoops coming up. Uh, here before the end of this hour, Jimmy Patsos, a Washington Wizards analyst of NBC Washington, will join us as we go across the college basketball landscape, including Baylor, the number one team in the nation, in action this afternoon against top 10 foe Iowa State, in which should be a huge college basketball matchup. We'll get to that in a pair of undefeated teams. But let's turn our attention right now to the NFL and Week 17 as a lot to be decided as far as the NFL playoff picture and certainly plenty of wagers left to be made here in the NFL. And before we get started on the actual games, just a quick note, uh, you know, two weeks ago when I was doing this very same show, we talked about how to bet COVID games and what to do, what is out there. As this continues to happen and games and teams are changing constantly and looking at, you know, who's going to be available and who's not going to be available for games. There are still ways, again, as I mentioned, to look for value and ways to bet COVID games and as you get to week 17, one of the things you can look at with COVID games is taking a healthy team and looking at their team total over or even under in a certain case or, or a COVID team, uh, look at their team total under. Because obviously with main starters and big players being out in the game, it's going to affect how the game goes. 
and their ability to put up points. And so instead of trying to figure out whether they can cover a touchdown spread or a field goal or three and a half, you can look individually at the team, their strengths and weaknesses, which players are out and try to exploit and take advantage of some value there. So I'll do some of that here uh, as I go through my games for week 17 in the NFL. But want to start with the biggest game on this late on Sunday, Kansas City at Cincinnati, where the Chiefs are a five-point favorite in a total at 50. And obviously, this is a huge game from a matchup standpoint between two of the better teams in the league. Uh, and certainly, Kansas City is still vying for that number one seed. Incredibly important to get the number one seed because it's the only team they get to buy. As Kansas City comes in 11 and four, just eight and seven against the spread, where Cincinnati comes in at nine and six, eight, six and one against the number. It's interesting to note that Kansas City's defense is really what has sort of propelled them to this eight-game winning streak that they're on, where they've covered six of their last eight. And in seven of their last eight, they've given up 17 points or less. The long time they didn't was when they played the L.A. Chargers in the 34-28 victory in a game that went to overtime. But other than that, it's been the Kansas City defense that has really propelled them to the winning streak that they've been on. Conversely, for Cincinnati, it's been really a mixed bag at times with this team. And I think you get that when you get a younger team with a younger head coach. Uh, you, you talk about a team that going back to the middle of October, won two in a row, lost two in a row, won two in a row, lost two in a row, and now has won two in a row. And in that span, they've scored 41 three times, and they've done it against division opponents, against the Ravens, against Pittsburgh, and against the Ravens. And so when Cincinnati goes up against the elite of the AFC, uh, you know, it's tough to figure out who they're going to be in this game. Now, certainly, if this was a postseason situation, I would have very little reservations about laying the five points with Kansas City under touchdown, especially, again, since their offense seems to have found itself the last three games, Kansas City, 48, 34, and 36 offensively. They've had very little problem scoring. But given that this is a regular season game and the way Kansas City has played, as, again, I mentioned, eight and seven against the number, you know, this is a spot right here where I think five points is probably just a little bit too much uh, for Kansas City to be laying on the road. There's much more incentive right now for Cincinnati to win this game because they need their division hopes and their playoff hopes to be on the line. Still nothing has clinched yet for Cincinnati in this spot. So uh, I'll lean on Cincinnati getting the points. But I think the over is really the play here at 50. You're under the key number of 51. I have a hard time believing for as good as Kansas City's defense has been uh, over the past couple of weeks, and you talk about how much, how few points they've given up. It's happened against the Giants. It happened against Green Bay without Aaron Rodgers, uh, a Denver team that's not very good offensively, a Raiders team that has struggled to do anything offensively, save Thanksgiving night. Uh, we know with Pittsburgh last week how inept offensively they can be at times. So they have the one competent offense they've really played with a really talented quarterback in that span has been the Chargers, and they put up 28. So I'll play the over here. As long as I'm under that key number 51, I think 27-24 is a very viable final uh, in this spot. And if Kansas City does what they can do offensively, they should more than be able to get to 30 and do most of the heavy lifting uh, in this spot, especially if they can get the Bengals in a negative game script where they're going to have to throw. Kansas City is going to have a huge advantage in this spot and force Cincinnati to chase and Cincinnati has been better in the second half than they have in the first. I might even look at Kansas City in the first half in this game just as another viable option from a betting standpoint. But I'll play the over 50 in that spot. I mentioned about looking at games and team totals for certain teams. Takes me to Tampa Bay against the New York Jets where the Buccaneers laying 
over two touchdowns, 13 and a half points, certain at 14 at certain shops with a total of 45 and a half. I'll focus on the total because I do think the over comes in, not only because Tampa Bay clearly has had no problem scoring except for the one game against the Saints where they were shut out. It's been above 30 in five of the last six games for the Buccaneers. And the Jets have actually found a way to get some offense in the last four weeks, scoring 33, 30, 31, and 26 in their last four games, so 26 or more in their last four. Tampa Bay's defense, their run defense is fantastic. Their pass defense is so, so middle of the road. I think the Jets will be able to score. I would look at Tampa Bay's team total themselves. If you're getting a team total that is probably somewhere in the neighborhood of uh, 27, 28, I think it's a very easy play for them to take against the Jets defense that is very susceptible to giving up points. Again, Tampa Bay, again, they're a team that needs to win because they want to get the number one seed. Uh, but the Jets, will, offensively, they're starting to get more competent this late in the season and able to find points. You're under 47. Anything under 47 here, I think, is a smart play on the total. So it's another total that I'm on, especially as the Buccaneers get Antonio Brown back. If you're in a player props, he's a guy that I think I would look at his yardage prop. If it's set under 75, 77 range, I think you can jump all over that as a very viable option. It'll be their main target. Mike Evans may be back, not 100% sure yet, but with Antonio Brown being one of the primary weapons uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers offensively and coming back into that game, I think it's a great play for him. But the total here is what I'll focus on. I take the Tampa Bay team total over and the total for the game over 45 and a half. Again, I'm comfortable with anything under 47 at that point when you get to a key number of 47, 27, 20 type spot. Uh, you know, numbers like that, that will pop up. Uh, even if you get to 24, uh, you know, 24, 24 gets you to 48. So, I mean, both if the Jets can get to 20 here. That total should come in easily. And I think they do, given what they've done in the last couple of weeks. Next game that I'm on is between Jacksonville and New England. Played two overs. Well, got to work an under in here. And even though this is a very low total at 41 and a half, uh, this is a point here where we see New England's defense and we see New England as a team, the way Bill Belichick works, kind of doing just enough to win this game. It doesn't have to be uh, an offensive outburst for New England to win this game uh, as a team now that needs to play catch up with the Buffalo Bills in the AFC East. The last two weeks, the New England defense has given up 27 and 33 to two very competent teams, both likely headed to the playoffs in Indianapolis and Buffalo. The previous five games, we saw them give up 6, 7, 0, 13, and 10 to offenses like Carolina, Cleveland, and Atlanta. Again, not very competent offenses and a Tennessee offense that didn't have Derrick Henry. And we've seen Tennessee's offense struggle to score points since losing Derrick Henry. Uh, this is a place where they're not playing a very competent offense. Uh, last week, when they scored 21 points, the Jacksonville Jaguars was the first time in nine games that they broke 20. I don't expect them to break 17. I think the Jacksonville team total under is a very viable option for you to bet here as well. Um, but this could be a 30-10 final. That gets you home. A 27-6 final. That gets you home. New England is not going to have to put up 50 points in this game, and they know that. They'll run the ball a ton. They'll slow this pace down and grind it down. Obviously, it's going to be cold, and the weather will be you know, difficult for a Jacksonville team to operate in uh, in New England. But Bill Belichick loves going up against rookie quarterbacks and Trevor Lawrence. I expect a very low-scoring game. Uh, I'll look at the under in this spot and again, Jackson team total under uh, as another play for me. Final game I'll get to 
And again, this is a COVID sort of infused game here as the Indianapolis Colts are going to take on the Las Vegas Raiders, where the Colts right now a six and a half point favorite uh, and the total is still at 44 and a half. And we still have a lot of questions about Carson Wentz. Now, if Carson Wentz doesn't play. I love the under here. The Las Vegas offense has just been bad. Again, save Thanksgiving night where they scored 30, 36 and beat Dallas. They have scored 17 or less in seven of their last eight games. Indianapolis's defense has only given up more than 17 just once in their last six games. So if no Carson Wentz, I'll definitely play the under in this spot. So a lot of opportunities here in Week 17 in the NFL. Of course, we've got more NFL coming up next hour. But coming up next, we'll take a quick look at college basketball on a huge day in college hoops. Jimmy Patsos will join us next right here on Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zeno. Thanks so much for watching VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. This is Point Spread Saturday on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This segment of Point Spread Saturday is brought to you by Zinn Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups and no batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zinn Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like spearmint, wintergreen, citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zinn, America's number one nicotine pouch, is available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zinn. So head over to ZYN.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's ZYN.com slash find. A warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Welcome back to Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zinno. Thank you guys for joining me. Happy New Year to everybody. Uh, we'll get back to college football coming up here in a little more than 10 minutes as we get you set for the final big bowl day of bowl season. But let's turn our attention to college hoops and welcome in a good friend of mine and somebody I've known for many years and one of the smartest college basketball minds out there. He is one of the Washington Wizards analysts. You can hear him and see him on NBC Washington and a former college basketball coach and national champion at the University of Maryland. Jimmy Patsos joins us here on Point Spread Saturday. JP, welcome and happy new year to you. Zeno, happy new year. Hope uh, Dominic and Vincent are good. Hope you're good. Thanks for having me on, brother. Great to talk to you, as always, Dominic and Vincent, my twin sons. Uh, certainly appreciate you mentioning them. All right, the number one team in the nation in action tonight in Baylor. Uh, today, I should say, is they take on the Iowa State Cyclones, number one versus number eight, both undefeated. Uh, a game where both of these teams can score. I look at the total in this game, Jimmy, at 132. It seems like it's a lower number. Uh, for me to to ask both these teams to get to 70, I don't think should be a tall order. But um, Baylor is certainly a team that knows how to score and has one of the best field goal percentages in the nation. How do you handicap this game between these two top 10 foes? You know, it's an interesting game because Iowa State's probably one of the biggest surprises. TJ TJ's done a fantastic job. The head job, the head coach at Iowa State came from UNLV, but he's he was at he was at Iowa State in the glory years, and he's done a great job quickly rebuilding and you know we have the transfer portal you know it, it's it's a new it's a new time transfer portal allows you to get kids right away from all over and tj has done a fantastic job i think iowa, iowa state's going to be rocking today we got a lot of different guys you know i just baylor is unbelievable that they've kind of rebuilt this quick but i just see iowa state today maybe having the momentum Baylor's been on a high since they won it. If they're ever going to lose a game, the fans are going to be great today. But I would take the over in that game. 
I would take the over. I would take Iowa State in the over in that game because that's how Iowa State's going to win is by scoring. You know, Coach Drew's done a good job. Look at Matthew Mayer's one of my favorite players, kid out of Austin, Texas for Baylor. And Chachuch is awesome because he does a little bit of everything. Scott Drew's picked it up. People knew he would be good this year, but he's picked it up quicker than people thought. But me, I just think the Iowa State, the momentum today, everybody's kind of got football on their mind still. But this is one of the premier matchups of the whole year. Two undefeated teams playing this early that are both ranked. But Iowa State's the surprise of the year, and I think Iowa State gets them today. Turn our attention to uh, the Big East and uh, some foes that you know well from your time in the Northeast as Villanova will head to New Jersey to take on Seton Hall in a matchup of also the top 25 teams. Villanova here, one of the better free-throw percentage defensive teams in America uh, as they are laying just one point here with a total of 134 and a half. Uh, I feel like Villanova continues to be a little bit undervalued. Um, you know, they get that win prior to Christmas against Xavier. It's actually the last game that they've played, so they've had some substantial time off here since they've played due to cancellations and COVID and everything else. Seton Hall, their last time out, uh, they drop a game at Providence. Uh, I think Villanova's the right side, especially with such a short number. How do you see this game play out? It's funny, Villanova is always the big draw for Seton Hall. This is when they open upstairs. Seton Hall has a beautiful arena where the New Jersey Devils play. And the only time of the year they really open the upstairs is for the Villanova game. So it'll be a crazy atmosphere in there. I'm going to go against you and take Seton Hall because I think Villanova not having played. Seton Hall hadn't played in a while either. and They were a little rusty early. And Providence and Ed Cooley took advantage of that. By the way, I will sneak in today. I like Providence going to DePaul. They're laying one today. I think Providence goes in and beats the ball. Villanova's very good. Colin Gillespie's excellent. Okay, they got. I, I really like you. Brian Antoine, kid from New Jersey up there, is pretty good. Hasn't really hit the stride. Justin Moore is really turning it on this year. He's a kid from Vanessa. Samuels. They have good players. Seton Hall has a lot of size. Seton Hall is going to make it tough, tough, tough on Villanova to score the ball. They're not going to be able to score inside Villanova, in my opinion. So... The traditionals would say, and Villanova is coming off a long layoff, I think Seton Hall's played a tougher schedule. Seton Hall's won bigger games. They beat Texas this year at home. Okay, They've gone on the road. They're only lost to Ohio State. I think until, prior to the Providence game. So I think Seton Hall got their legs under him. I'm going to take Seton Hall today because I think coming off a loss, they're an NCAA team, and it's just they have a lot of size. They got Jameer Harris off the bench. They got eight or nine guys. I'm going to play Seton Hall today. I understand you're liking Villanova a lot as well. It's a Jay Wright team that just plays really well. Always going to play defense. Always going to be feisty and can score the ball by driving it and getting to the free throw line. But today, I think it's a Seton Hall day. They bounce back from the Providence loss and get them today. One more game inside the top 10 in college hoops, Jimmy, as uh, at Fog Allen Fieldhouse, 5 o'clock tip Eastern, little afternoon matinee between Kansas and George Mason. Now, Kansas laying a big number at 19, 19 and a half. Some shops even have it, have it at 20 and a total of 145 and a half between Kansas and George Mason. George Mason, a program you know well from the Mid-Atlantic. Now, Kansas, one of the highest scoring teams in the nation, can get out and run. One thing to note, and I've noted this about Kansas, is that they've led at halftime by a substantial amount every game this year. I think six was the lowest number that they've led at at halftime. So it could be possible that Kansas uh, has a 10-point lead at halftime over George Mason. Just too many points here for me to to lay with a team that can get into the mid-70s like George Mason. Uh, I think George Mason covers the 19, 
But I kind of like the first half over because Kansas gets out early. They score fast. Uh, and they push the pace in the first half, and they sort of let their foot off the gas pedal in the second half against some of these lesser opponents. So if you're telling me that the total is around 74, 75 in the first half, uh, I think both these teams easily can clear that number. Uh, but can George Mason keep up with the number six Jayhawks? Uh, it's a great, it, that's a great game that George Mason picked up because Kansas, they lost their game. You know, they were supposed to play Harvard and Colorado. They got canceled. And Kansas is always going to score. Bill Self just is one of the great transition coaches. One of the coaches I actually think that can coach in the pros, you know, like Billy Donovan because he has a really good offense. I think Kansas can run the ball down the court and score. They are bigger. I saw George Mason play this year. George Mason plays with poise. They beat Georgia. Uh, they're partying in Georgia with the B-52s and REM today because of the football win last night. They looked better than everybody, and I was surprised. Unfortunately, Georgia's basketball team seems to be on the other end of that scale. So I don't give that as much value that George Mason, George Mason beat Georgia. I did see them beat Maryland, though. And George Mason, they have, a lot of, they have a lot of transfers. They have a transfer from Tennessee. They have a transfer from Colorado. They just – Kim English has done a really good job already setting the tone there. He was the assistant at Colorado for a long time. He played at Missouri, so he's not afraid of going in there. They have a guy. Kimmy English is really going to get these guys poised, okay? They really are going to be poised. And whether it's the three transfers or you got a couple of veterans that can step up, they also have really good big men. So I think he can hold his own for a while there. I do think Kansas is going to score. I would take the over in that game, and I would lay the 19. I would not lay the 19, though. I'm with you. First. First half bet, Kansas will get out early because it's Fog Allen Field House. But Kennedy is going to have them ready to play. I would not give the 19 points. And there were some big numbers yesterday that I thought weren't going to go. And Kentucky beat High Point by way more than I thought. Tubby Smith visits Rupp Arena. These things can happen. But I think George Mason's got the players. They have they have a good five or six guys, four of them transferred, a couple from big schools like Tennessee and Colorado, as I mentioned. I think they're ready to go. Bill Self, always going to coach offense. So high-octane game, and I think George Mason sneaks under the number at the end. Jimmy, about a minute left here. Just a quick uh, nod to some of the teams you think that could surprise people and win a conference championship, like an LSU team was picked, I think, sixth in the SEC. Uh, they are, they're off to a great start. Arizona picked fourth in the Pac-12, also off to a great start. Are there any teams out there that you're eyeing that really surprised you to this point? Yeah, Tommy Lloyd at Arizona has done a fantastic job. He was the Gonzaga, he was the Gonzaga assistant. Uh, he went out and played Tennessee. That was his law, first loss, but he took the challenge. I love what Bruce Pearl and Auburn's doing. I do not. I would go bet Auburn in the futures right now. Jamari Smith's fantastic player. He's only getting better. Uh, they got a kid Flanagan who's about to come back. They just beat LSU actually, and I like LSU at home. They're good. Colorado State's a sneaky guy. David Roddy's really tough to cover. In their top 50 in the country. And I think Calipari's got Kentucky all of a sudden picked a little better than everybody thought. And I already mentioned Providence. So those are some teams that, that people are like not sure about. And I can't wait to see USC. I haven't seen USC in person. Andy Enfield's done an amazing job. So I'm going to go use USC and Arizona sort of out west. Baylor's really good. Purdue is really interesting with Ivy, but I think Auburn's my play. Auburn and Colorado State's a real sleeper, but Dino, you're the greatest. Thanks for having me. Uh, college basketball is only getting revved up. It's going to be a fantastic two months. Thanks, JP. Great to talk to you. Happy New Year. All right, coming up next, five bowl games on the docket tomorrow. We'll hit them all right here on Points Good Saturday on VSIN, the Sports Betting Network.
at Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare this is point spread saturday on vsin the sports betting network If you missed any part of our show or anything on the Visa schedule today, don't forget to check out our free sports betting podcast. Catch replays of all of our shows or download and listen on your schedule. Go to vcin.com slash podcast and get Beating the Book with Gil Alexander or Market Insights with Josh Applebaum. Plus, we've got Hardwood Handicappers, the Lombardi Line, Follow the Money, Coast to Coast Hoops, and many more. They're all free and available now at vcin.com slash podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back in Two Point Spread Saturday. I'm Mark Zeno. Happy New Year, everybody. Appreciate you joining me here on what is a huge day for betting and certainly a big betting weekend with uh, the New Year's Day Bowls all coming up, five of them on the slate. Of course, we got some college hoops we just sp- spoke about, the NFL coming up tomorrow. Uh, but we start 2022 with a small bit of sad news uh, this morning as we learned that former NFL player and head coach Dan Reeves passed away at the age of 77. Reeves had won two Super Bowls as a member of the Dallas Cowboys. And then, of course, as a head coach, won more than 200 games with the Broncos, the Giants, and the Atlanta Falcons, taking the Broncos to three Super Bowls, the Falcons to another. And uh, he passes away at the age of 77. So uh, rest in peace in 2022, starting off on, on a sort of sour note. But let's turn our attention back to the games at hand as we have five bowl games on the schedule today, starting with the first one tipping or kicking off rather at 12 o'clock noon in the Outback Bowl between Arkansas and Penn State in a game where Penn State opened up as a favorite. This line is now flipped and has made Arkansas a two-point or two-and-a-half-point favorite, possibly up to three, as you see right there on your screen in certain spots. Loved Arkansas as a dog here. Still like them as a favorite at under three. I'm not sure I'd bet it at three if you get it at two-and-a-half. I'm a lot more confident in it. And really, there's a motivation factor, I think, that's important to note in these games here. Uh, Penn State, I don't think, has the certain same level of motivation to win this game as Arkansas does. And what I mean is Sam Pittman, the head coach of Arkansas, who's turned around this program in a really short amount of time, basically three seasons, to get a bowl win uh, in this early on in his tenure as a head coach would be a nice feather in his cap, uh, certainly help out recruiting, but along the way, reinstall Arkansas as a SEC West team to contend with much similar to a foe we'll talk about here coming up in a little bit when Ole Miss now back at the top of the SEC West. So uh, a big, big, important game for Sam Pittman as a head coach of Arkansas. There's a lot of consternation on the flip side about 
James Franklin, the head coach of Penn State, whether he'd be there, uh, whether he would take a job at USC, all that's died down. Obviously, he's still there, still coaching at Penn State. And the big problem for Penn State now is their offense. Sean Clifford, their quarterback, um, once he got hurt, Penn State's offense had taken a considerable dive. Uh, save playing bad defenses like Maryland uh, and bad pass defenses like Michigan State, uh, they've had trouble breaking 20. Uh, in recent games. And when they go up against a good defense, as you saw, as they did against Iowa, um, they were only able to score 20 points. Against Michigan, they were only able to score 17. Arkansas is a very capable defense. In particular, their pass defense is really good, just giving up 215 yards a game through the air. And I think that's one of the key contentions to look at. Um, I saw the total at 48, and sort of it made my eyes pop because I feel like this is a game that could go under, although the number opened up at 46 and was bet up to 48. No action has come back in on the under, uh, according to Chris Andrews at the South Point. So not a lot of people thinking that the total will come in. But Arkansas themselves, also an offense that really sort of makes you scratch your head a little bit. Kenny Anderson, the quarterback there, uh, has had some issues this year, um, back and forth with injuries and, and starting to struggle. Um, it, it's, it's really a mixed bag of results, although the last couple of weeks we've seen Arkansas, the last couple of games, I should say, be able to put up some points, save the one game against LSU where they only scored 16. Um, you know, this is an offense, I think, that that is fairly capable and can score. Um, so, you know, no real good feel on the total uh, for this game. But I do like Arkansas at under a field goal. So uh, I play the, the, the Razorbacks today in this spot. On to the next game, the Fiesta Bowl kicking off at 1 o'clock from State Farm Stadium in Glendale, Arizona, between Oklahoma State and Notre Dame. Notre Dame, a very publicly bet team. In fact, I saw about 78% of the tickets were on Notre Dame uh, in this game. Oklahoma State, one of the top defenses in the country, and a top five rushing defense, giving up less than 90 yards per game on the ground. Uh, running back Kyron Williams opted out of the Fiesta Bowl for Notre Dame, as did All-American safety Kyle Hamilton. And so Notre Dame going to be a little bit shorthanded, but a huge motivation spot for Notre Dame because, well, they have a brand new head coach um, in Marcus Freeman, and he is taking over the program since Brian Kelly departed for Greener Pastures. And his team, his players, who are very, very excited to have him name the head coach, they're going to want to win this game for him. I think there's a huge motivation factor for them there. Will Oklahoma State be as motivated after dropping the Big 12 championship game in sort of just depressing fashion. Uh, the quarterback, Spencer Sanders, throws four interceptions. Their offense fails to score a touchdown despite being inside the five-yard line two times in the fourth quarter uh, with a chance to take the lead in that game and couldn't convert. Um, it's clearly, the coaching advantage goes to Oklahoma State with Mike Gundy, um, who has won over 148 games over 17 years uh, in, in at Oklahoma State, rather. And so with this being such a short number, it's almost a coin flip game. I do trust Oklahoma State's defense. It's just a question of how much their offense can do, and do you trust Spencer Sanders? Jack Cohn, the quarterback for Notre Dame, uh, has had a great run down the stretch, winning the final seven games of the season, covering all seven, uh, and putting up big points against bad defenses like Georgia Tech, Stanford, uh, and North Carolina. That's not the same level of defense they're going to face here. So I wonder how competent Notre Dame's offense can be against Oklahoma State in this spot. Again, a coin flip game. I think there's cases to be made for both teams to win this game. But I would lean with the defense of Oklahoma State and Jack Cohn, who I don't think is a very capable quarterback. Good, but certainly not great. Hence why he transferred out of Wisconsin uh, for a different spot. And so 
I'll lean with Oklahoma State here and a defense that really could cause problems for the offense of Notre Dame. On to the Citrus Bowl. Uh, also a 1 o'clock kick at Camping World Stadium in Orlando between Iowa and Kentucky. Uh, the Wildcats a 2.5-point favorite and a total of 44. Which sputtering offense do you trust more in this spot really is what this game boils down to. I think the under 44 is a fantastic play. Uh, I know Kentucky has managed to put up points, um, and they did offensively in the last couple of games against a bad defense in Tennessee, bad defense in Vanderbilt, inferior foe in New Mexico State, and a bad defense in Louisville uh, as they scored a whole ton of points in their final four games of the regular season. Uh, but that said, this is an Iowa defense. It's one of the tops in the nation as well. Uh, when you talk about offenses that they've been able to shut down this year, uh, a high-scoring Purdue offense, um, you know, a, a, they've been able to keep to 20 points. Um, and, and again, this is an offense in Iowa that I don't trust at all, simply because uh, four of their last seven games, they scored 17 or less points. The only way they were able to put up points, bad defense in Nebraska, bad defense in Illinois, average defense in Minnesota. Um, and, and the one thing you can look at in this game, folks, uh, is the turnover differential. Iowa has been a very opportunistic defense all season long. They do take the ball away, despite the fact turnovers aren't predictive. They have a plus 14 turnover differential. Kentucky, the exact opposite of that, minus 13. Kentucky's quarterback has had problems taking care of the football, um, and that could be something that changes this game around. But when you look at it that way, for me, if you give me a defense that takes the ball away, and you that same team has an offense that isn't very competent at scoring, that takes a lot of points off the board. I like the under here between Iowa and Kentucky. Again, a very low total at 44, but I, I will roll with the under in this spot. On to the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all between Utah and Ohio State. Now, this number opened up at six and a half. It's been bet all the way down to four, uh, and this is an interesting spot for the Utes. I think the Utah Utes on the money line is probably the better value play more than anything else than taking the four points. If you believe Utah can stay within four, they certainly have, have the, the motivation and the want to to win the Rose Bowl much more than Ohio State does. I don't think Ohio State looks at the Rose Bowl and goes, oh, well, we're here, we'll take it, despite the fact that they fell short of expectations after losing to Michigan in the final game of the regular season. I think they want to win the Rose Bowl, but still, uh, I don't know that they necessarily look at it as, as, a, as a healthy consolation prize. The total at 64... Uh, and it's been bet down to 64 is where I'm looking. I, I just can't get out of my mind these two offenses and what they've been able to do. Utah scored 38 in four of their last five, um, and Ohio State has scored at least 50 in six of their last eight. And the only two games they didn't cover down the stretch outside of Michigan were the games where they didn't score at least 50. These are two high-powered offenses. I know Utah likes to run the ball, so that may slow the scoring down, but if Ohio State does what their offense can do and score quick and early, despite the fact they will have some opt-outs at wide receiver. I certainly think that the over is attainable, as both these teams should get into third. Then a quick note, Baylor and Ole Miss. I like Ole Miss. Uh, under 55, Baylor's defense is very good. Ole Miss's defense has done the job down the stretch. Um, Baylor hasn't broken 30 in five straight, and it is Ole Miss who hasn't broken 31 uh, in any of their last seven games of the regular season. So that's it for that. Uh, we'll get back to the NFL coming up next. I'm Mark Zuno. Thanks for watching Point Spread Saturday on VEASAN, the Sports Betting Network. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare 